This episode is brought to you by Test Instrument Solutions, or TIS as we know them. Now, they do multifunction testers, EV test adapters, they do all kinds of stuff from thermal engine cameras, right the way through to continuity testers. Go over and check out their website at testinstrumentsolutions.co.uk. They are up and coming, and actually, they do some of the best kit on the market today. So go and check them out, testinstrumentsolutions.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Monday Club. Tonight we are joined um, by the strangest person uh, in the electrical community. I call her Doctor Strange, um, the Sorceress Supreme, Kimmy the Spark. Say hello, Kim. Hello, everybody. Hi. Here she is, the lunatic, and a very special guest tonight. Um, I put up the bat signal because old uh, Lord Longhead, Neil Bridgman, blew us out again. Um, and I threw up the bat signal, and Darren Staniforth, the legend from Skullmore, formerly NIC, has arrived in the house to pick up the slack from Mark and Neil, both <laughs> let down losers. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you say that you put up the bat signal. Basically, I was last on the list is what you're trying to say, isn't it? Uh, actually, you wasn't. I had something <laughs> else planned, but I couldn't get him to do it. And it was just purely to trigger Nick. <laughs> Why would it trigger me? It would have done. Uh, what, whoever you was on the next? Oh, Whatever was I it? was planning oh, oh. was going to trigger you good. And uh. I'm, I'm saving it for future a future Ooh, event. Oh, I know who it might be. Uh, and Nick's on the breaking point today as well. So. I, I've had enough of everything. <laughs> I really have. Oh, God. So, as soon as we started the Zoom call, Sam was like, you're right. I was like... I thought he was going to burst into tears. So it's a bit of luck oh. that, that my plan didn't come... Listen, can we don't be sorry for him. I'm glad. No, no, do you want me to get your tissue? Dry your eyes, mate. Yeah, please. Yeah. That'd be really kind. I'm not even going to get triggered by anything tonight, so it's fine. Oh, sweet. Right, so... Oh. um. This week on Monday Club, uh, we've had a little, uh, had our monthly break. Um, Darren, you're in the house. What's been new with you lately? Well, uh, with with me up at, at Skullmore Group, we're we're heavily looking at how we can reduce barriers to to learning and to get out to as many people as possible. So, we've got an amazing team that work on SGTV, as a lot of you already know, and not me. Uh, Every now and then, you you can't say no. <laughs> Listen, I've never been invited in. There's a reason for that, Sam. Because well, I'm a nobody. <laughs> and that. Sorry. Uh, but we, we, we're trying to see exactly what what stops people learning and understanding more. And we, we believe that we can probably do a little bit of helping people by learning online, which is a lot of the way things are going now. Also, just trying to make sure that things are CPD'd. Now, we've, we've gone through a, a process of, in the past, delivering very specific talks on some of the products, but now we're opening it up to, to look at standards more than anything else, to try and help and support contractors understand standards and then product so that they get a better understanding of both. So we're looking to do that. We're launching it internally, hopefully at the end of uh, March, and then it goes, hopefully we flip the coin and it comes customer-facing at the end of this year. Whoa, whoa, listen. This ain't an advert for Skullmore, but furthermore, (laughs) I do want to know, what is it going to be, like an app or like a a web portal or something like that? 
Yeah, very much uh, web enabled. So again, however you digest that across any tablet, any mobile device, or uh, any any uh, any uh, laptop or anything you got, you'll be able to get hold of it. So if we're coming up with content, you will be able to get hold of that. So so like I said, it's going to go internal first for the guys, so that our external sales team over at Skullmore Group, be it with ESP, be it with Unicrimp, or be it with Via or whoever. They can get hold of it. We can test it with them before we release it to you guys. So what's the end goal for Skullmore? Like, put, listen, I've done the maths, yeah? And you lot have spent a fortune over at SGTV. What is the end game? Where are you going with it? Well, we, we, I think what we're trying to do, and, and the communications that I've had definitely coming from the top is, we really do believe in in trying to add as much value as we can to someone it, it, identifying our product as probably being some of the best to fit and then going out and actually fitting it and all the added value that comes with that. So I'll give you, for instance, we've got a, an amazing team over at Unicrimp that look at purchasing and should they should they not be buying uh, earth electrodes. And if the regulations point towards earth electrodes as a method of installation, then we will not only supply them with earth electrodes, but the idea of me and my team is that we come up with some content that would allow you to fit them correctly, test them correctly, and then ensure that they're going to be okay for the end user. So that's my team and what we take care of. Working in line with the purchasing is really guiding us which way we're going to go. So basically domination of the electrical industry. Yeah, it's just after that, we're going to take on the world, mate. (laughs) Nico, what have you been up to, bro? Honoured again, you've asked me, mate. Normally you skip me out. Um, Well, oh, I know what I've been doing. I've been playing in my unit today because Adam's at college. Well, believe it or not, it was actually because for the, it's now actually coming together. So I sent you that picture the other day, the podcast bit, didn't I? Yes. And so Adam, yeah, sorry. And um, so we're finally... I spent the weekend there with the kids, so it was actually quite funny. My uh, mother half was painting, um, so I was like, I'll get the kids out. And in the first lockdown, for no reason whatsoever, I decided to buy a fully um, full-sized bounce castle for no reason. Um, and it was soaking wet, and I thought, well, I could do a drying it out, because the last time we had it up was like before Christmas, it was sopping wet. So I um, took it to the unit with the kids, set it up in the unit, dried it off and they were there all day while I was doing the stuff. But um now the podcast bit's down. Adam came over. Hold on. Hold on. Listen, this is how Bundy lives. I put a bouncy <laughs> castle up in the kids from uh, in my unit. Yes. Like I think is me and my other half are so impulsive. Like we work really well together sometimes because we just go, we get an idea, we go, yeah, yeah, so let's do it. For no reason whatsoever. Like we do if you think yeah it's just there's no regrets like genuinely if they want to do something i'll just do it and same with her or the kids i'm gonna say oh i'm gonna jump off a bridge with no parachute probably not that far but um yeah we've just i just waste money to a point i get that a lot of people say that yeah but um so yeah but adam turned up for his first zoom call at college and uh he has to fill out all of his things of uh, risk assessments and then make jo- like uh, reference jobs of what we've done and what we did and what you we used and what we got tonight, and all please. that sort of stuff. Sorry. And um, he he sat down, we sat down at the table together, got the lights out, went through it all. He was there for about two hours and he looked at me and went, this is looking pretty good now, Nick. I was like, yeah, 
uh, come here again on a Monday. This is my time. <laughs> and uh, other than that, we've um, we wish we knew would happen with the ICRs. We've just had an absolute surge of oh, it's April next month, and I've got so many to do this month. It's like it's the first month that I'm I'm going to win a lot of money from it, but I just don't want to do that. I just want to get this month out of the way because I can't be bothered with it. What, what remedials are you getting on that then? Um. <sighs> A few fuse boards. Um, anything we can pass, I, I, anything I can pass, I will because, like you say, we're testing to the standard they're fitted, not you know yeah. what they need to be nowadays. Uh, which quite a few sparks around my area just go. Oh, it's seventeenth edition board. It needs to be eighteenth. Bang, was to come out one in. No need. But um, most of the time, we've changed a few quote for a few rewires. But sometimes we're just sticking in class two fittings. Um, everywhere and just upgrade a bit of bonding here and there but nothing major major but it's more that we're turning up there to do stuff and the customer's like oh why are you here can we have a few extra sockets you're like i haven't got time i haven't got time but um yeah we'll get this what thing is if we find anything we'll have to just push everything until april anyway because i don't have a spare day but yeah it's all right i've just been busy just paperwork and this and that and playing about to cancel <laughs> so you're flat out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a question fun, actually. Yeah, Go Darren, on. I wanted to ask because obviously you're former NIC, aren't you? Yep. So, what is your take on electrical YouTubers? Do you think it's beneficial? Do you lot think you just look at us and go, oh, "Why? What are you doing?" Because it's always interesting to me because obviously when I first started doing it, Nate approached me and I, I ran through it all with them. And they were like, "Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah." yeah. But obviously you're showing a lot of stuff and you're teaching people whether it's right or wrong. And what's the sort of standpoint from you guys? I think I think if you look at the hierarchy that then in the past, there has been senior managers that were quite wary of where YouTubers were going and they yeah. wanted quite a distance between the logo and them. But now I think if you look at the associations, then they're more open to, to what you guys are doing. The fact that you've gone out there and you've you've been successful at it, which you undoubtedly have, means that they're obviously looking at it again and saying, we probably want a bit of that. Um, yeah. I think you're in the driving seat, actually. I do have to say that. I think the fact that they didn't embrace you at the beginning means that you are definitely you've got the you've got the tuck on them. So so I think it's probably it's probably down to you to decide how you want the relationship to work rather than them for once. Yeah, yeah. It was just to see what. I've always thought in the back of my head with, you know, the other guys and myself. I think I'm the only one that's with Nate, but I think the other guys are with NIC. But whether or not they're sat in the background going, oh, I wish this guy would just stop doing this for no reason. It's just because yeah, no, obviously we're... No, I yeah, no, I don't think there is any of that. I mean, I used to have some really quite tussles with, with, with senior management when I was there saying, look, we should be getting out there and, and having a... a a YouTube presence showing people how to replace a socket, how to replace a light switch, a, a light. And the battles that came down was we do not tell people how to install. We want them to go and choose our registered contractors for that. And I understood that challenge. Mm. And what my, my preference was to say, look, th this is a double socket. This is, if you want to change a, a normal white for a, a nice chrome one, these are all the things you should be doing. And in that journey, hopefully I would have put nearly majority of people that were watching that off. And then at the end, I said, look, if, if this is just too much for you, I'm, I'm overcomplicating this, just ring a registered installer. And hopefully then they would have gone around and found someone who was qualified and competent to carry out that yeah. change rather than giving it a go. And that was my 
trying to get the message out there. But we never oh. went down that route. In the end, we decided to go from it from a just stick to a standards point of view. But um, but people like yourself are just just absolutely flying. So as long as we keep on registering um, or, or keep on battering home to choose a registered contractor, hopefully we can make the people that are thinking, do they, don't they, we can just hopefully just put them off. That's all we want to do, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, um, the YouTubers, the YouTubers out there that have gone on to be successful, um, like in in their business and on their YouTube channel, I wonder tend to work to a good standard and, and tend to please their customers because, yeah, there's been a few times where Nick's messed up and he's been called out and stuff like that. Um, same with with a few a few others. But generally, when you're putting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of content online of you working and your work, there's going to be some bits and pieces that don't yeah. quite don't quite line up. And that's fair because actually you're putting everything on the line for that for that like for entertainment purposes, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a reward coming back, like in Nick's case, adulation and money. But outside of that. It's like um, just putting your work out there for people to judge is a scary thing to do, and it's very difficult. And if you look at the likes of Najee's, um, Nick, uh, CJR, Artisan is probably top of that list in terms of building an empire. Um, yeah, they've all done they've all done fantastically well, and I think it's part of a mindset actually of you know. Put, like knowing that they're putting their work online, they've got to work to a good standard, and I think it's sort of, I think it's like a it pay, like bounces off. Do you know what I mean? Like the payoff is there, and if you're I terrible, one, yeah. So, so I think, I think the ones, the ones that I've seen, you're saying that they have to then work to a good standard. I think the good standard was already there. So the fact yes. that the YouTube bit is happening is a byproduct of what they were doing rather than was the aim for what they were doing. So you guys were already out there trading, already installing quality installations. The fact that you happen to have a camera on you at the same time as you were doing it is, is a byproduct. And you now turn that byproduct into being productive for you which is excellent absolutely excellent those that have gone into it to do the youtube bit first they're the ones that are sort of getting undone a little bit because they're you, not you know what? Yeah. you're absolutely right gratification yeah. isn't there instantly and they're saying oh, i haven't got the hits i want i'm going to bomb it off and that lot mm. that's that, that, that's that's the thing for me you're already out there you're already doing excellent installations installing skull more stuff all over the place which is absolutely brilliant yeah well yeah Listen, customer information uh listener viewer information this podcast is not sponsored by skull more we've got lumbered no i mean the reason i've got this on is we haven't got the heating on at the moment in the stanley wharf towers so i put it's the only reason it's on nah, listen i don't mind we're all friends in this trade now um this is why what you're saying is actually um, more logical than what I was saying, which isn't hard. Um, and that's why I do podcasting and not videos of my work. Yes. What work? <laughs> yeah, what work? <laughs> Talking of work, guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Today. Yeah. So I started a project. Uh, it's on an Amazon project. Probably not even allowed to say that. I'm sure. Mate. <sighs> so here we go. It's not really a rant. But day and the life of an agency sparks in wherever i am right so 
get the call last week. Oh, do you want some work? It's really good money. It's like really good money. I, I'm pleased with it. Um, and it's only down the road. Um, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Might as well. I'm not doing anything else. Been off for eight weeks on and off. Um, anyway, so they send me an online induction. Two online inductions to do in my own time. I'm already like, how very dare you. Do you know what I mean? Straight away. What are you doing? Anyway, so 45 minutes to an hour of online inductions. Brilliant. Beautiful. Um, get to site. Get there at 6.45, please, because you've got to have two COVID tests and then an induction. I'm already like, you're strong in it now. Like, you're taking the piss. Anyway, so I get there, and I didn't get there at 6.45. Got there at half seven, because that's what time I'm getting there. Um, rolled up, and the queue, They ha- I knew, who's going to be doing COVID tests at 6.45 in the morning? No one. No one. They didn't start COVID testing until half seven. So I turned up there. There's a queue right the way along. So I go and get myself a a cup of coffee, sit down for a bit, wait for the queue to go down. Got my two COVID tests, obviously passed. Um, Come out, went up, done the induction now. Done the induction. All right, let's go and see what it's all about. No, you've got another four inductions. So you've got the principal contractor. You've got the other contractor, then you've got the subcontractor, then you've got the security one, and then I was like, "What? What are we doing here?" And it and one o'clock before I got on site. <laughs> but that suits you down to the ground, there, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it, listen, honestly, it does. But they even there were so many protocols and so much stuff in place. And at first, I was quite cheesed off with it. And I was all moaning about it on Twitter. Moaning, moaning. And then someone called me out on the moaning. And actually, they was right. Um, Turns out, pretty decent job. Not going to (laughs) lie. Once you get on the other side, once you get on the other side of all this COVID firewall and Amazon this and this and that, you're right. It's a lovely job. It's clean. It's nice and fresh. Everyone's friendly. It's easy work. It's just like... This is first fix containment on um, conveyor belts. It's a nice job. Really nice. Decent dough. Um, I'm really happy with it. So that... Oh, story it won't last. Hey? It won't, it won't last. last. No, of course it won't. <laughs> Listen, I never go to a job and think, oh, well, maybe I've got two years here because I know I don't last maybe two weeks. But I, I've, I've set myself a, a mental challenge. Um, what is your ever, um, longest employment? Appointment? No, employment. employment. Oh, employment. Like, what's the longest you've ever survived on a job? A year? 18 months? Something like that. A year? Wow. Yeah, listen, if it's a decent job, obviously, you deal, you deal with it. But back in the day, I went through the whole union thing. So I got too big for my boots, really. So I'd walk onto a job and be like, I'm the chairman of the Electrical Workers Union. Recognise. <laughs> and everyone would be like we don't even know who you are we don't even know what the electrical workers union is there's about 300 members at the time i was like we're the biggest union in london um <laughs> and i just i'd constantly get mocked um and I'd thought i would see deep. why yeah well, yeah you know it is what it is man um but no it's a, it's a lovely little job and the reason i had to go back to site work is where i've moved down to 
the well basically northern france i'm so close i'm so close to france i can pick up french radio stations um i've moved out of london so i've had to find jobs locally and they're a bit pony um not really what i'm used to so i've had to sort of take a step back go back on site and i'm really in, like okay it's been one day but i really enjoyed today i'm looking forward to work tomorrow and that is it's rare a big thing yeah it's for you well done mate thanks thanks um, <laughs> kimmy the spark the sorceress supreme um i see you've got your time stone on today Oh, yeah, this is a big boy one. It's um, upgraded from the last one because, you know. Because it's nonsense crystals, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Listen. It's actually um, not a crystal. It's a rock, but, you know. God, Sam, get it right. Yeah. Wake me up when she's finished. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, Kimmy, what have you been up to? What What has your last week been about? Oh, so this week I thought, you know what? I'm trying to be like Nick. So I thought, you know, I'm going to do this YouTube thing. But like the conversation went earlier, I don't have pretty work to show. So I can't do nice Fusebox installation videos. So I thought I'll do, um, I'll make a video of what it's like doing a week of social housing work. So I phoned up one of my clients and I asked them to, you know, let me do social housing for one week, just one week. I wasn't going to do it um I decided to just because of the YouTube video. So anyways, Monday I went in, Tuesday I went in, and Wednesday I gave up. So <laughs> I had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. Um, it was just, it was, I couldn't do it. I don't know how I've managed to do it for so many years. Like now I've literally had enough of it. Well, we need to unpack this. What was the problem? The problem? Oh, so um, obviously this is all on my YouTube video if you want to watch it. Uh, but I'll summarize. So Wednesday, they sent me, oh, they sent me my jobs. And imagine they gave me three tests to do, as well as one of them being pretty much a pot rewire, changing like five lights, smoke alarms, doing like a crooked circuit. It was ridiculous, as well as free tests, right? And on top of that, they send you emergencies. So I said to them, that is way too much. I'm not doing testing for the ridiculous wage that you guys pay me. So I asked them to change the jobs into just simple day-to-day jobs. So then they took the jobs away. They sent me um, a list of jobs. And the first one was extra long ladders required, meaning literally triple ladders. And I'd be working by myself to change a floodlight on top of some building. And I thought, you know, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting on a ladder by myself. So I oh, said, Kim. you know what, I'm not coming in. So I just literally put my phone on charge downstairs and I went up, came down. There was like 20 missed calls. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. So, I'm not doing that. Can I ask a question? So I've obviously never done social housing. So who who gives you these jobs? It's not an estate, is it an estate agent or um no, so um so at the top we've got like the council, they give their contracts out to the big contractors like Mears and Waits. They're like the big boys that get it. And then uh because they can't handle all of the work, what they do is then they contract the work out to smaller contractors and then down from there it gets sieved sieved down until basically the guys at the bottom who actually go out and do the jobs which is I guess myself in this instance um so I get these jobs from contractors who have the contracts with the housing associations and the councils right okay that makes sense so yeah that's what I did with my week I managed to do two days but that was enough for the YouTube video 
uh, the rest of the days, what did I even do? Oh, I done a little photo shoot yesterday because I'm only an electrician part-time. Obviously, I get uh, money coming in from other sources. So I done like a little cute photo shoot yesterday. Um, what? And that's it. I never I, knew this. What? This what? is new information. New information? What? Do you guys think I survived buying all this expensive stuff, doing social housing on 120 a day? I don't know. <laughs> this itself costs like a hundred pounds. It's like a day's wage. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't afford this lifestyle on a social housing wage. I don't know. Obviously, you guys haven't seen my YouTube video, but I talk about the the prices that this work pays. I do social housing for the fun of it. You guys think I'm ridiculous and I'm crazy? Fair enough. However, I never said that. That was Sam. Um, hey, I just do something. No, I don't want to. Cash I don't want to. Do no, no, no spells for Nick. <laughs> Let me get my wand out, magic Please, wand out. Uh, but yeah, I'll get mine. No, no, don't say that. Um, <laughs> so, what do you take photography business? What do you take pictures of? Oh, um, I just do a bit of everything. I've got a whole list of things that I do uh, on the side of being an electrician. What? Because yeah, I watched the first, I think I watched it, it was your first video uh-huh. on YouTube when you were with your mate. Oh, I'm gone. <laughs> this lad's there. This is just yeah, because she did the. Um, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, mine nearly walked in a minute. When the green screen's behind me, I can hear the door open. That's why I leave one ear out, my headphones. And I've had it before where some fingers have come around the green screen. I'm just like, don't. <laughs> Do you remember? It was, it was one of the first ones we did when my walk, daughter walked in. She was on the podcast for like two minutes, wasn't she? Do you yeah. remember? Yeah. But yeah, Kimmy. Yeah, um, yeah sorry, my, my um, son just came in telling me that somebody said the F word. And I was like, oh, sorry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. There you go. But anyway, um, I'm back. Yeah, your, your first YouTube video, you mentioned when you did that graphic design and everything like that, didn't you? Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen, I sometimes post these little graphic things on my Instagram where I've got a JCB drill, but I've designed it to look like my colours and CK cutters that look like my colours and a pair of Nipex pliers. So I did that while watching a film, just bored. <sighs> so obviously I've got um, people that reach out to me. They're like, can you design this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Send me an invoice. Or sometimes I'll do it for free if I'm bored enough. Duh, 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 duh. So yeah, this electrical thing is only sort of for the fun of it, part time because I love it so much. Oh, fair, fair play. I saw your stickers that you just had done. Yeah, those I designed you, those. Oh, Sam, you haven't seen them. I Guess what? She's got she's got her own Kimmy stickers made up, but there's, there's no reference to Kimmy, but you know it's her because it's a JCB drill sticker, and it's that Jason. pink with lightning on it. Oh God, oh, Jesus! I definitely yeah, do you know that. what? People will want that too. Mm. Yeah. Do you know my DMs have been popping? I've had so many messages. People send me their addresses, and I'm like, oh my god, I only ordered a hundred, so they're gone. They're gone. I, I I ordered stickers as well, but I I couldn't keep up with it, so I ended up just saying no to people. And this is what Chris said to me, CJR. He said he just does them as giveaways because if you turn around as myself um... or him or a YouTuber and go, I'm doing stickers. Who wants one? You could honestly post thousands and first class stamps. Was that it costs a fortune? Mm. Well, don't send it first class. Well, what if you're going to do it, do it properly? Do you know what I'm saying? No, I'd well, send it like just don't do it 15th class, like a brown, <laughs> dirty stamp that you get nice. after the bottom but... of a tramp shoe. I'd be like, send them out, bro. <laughs> I'll do it again at some point. It's just it took so much of your time up. I mean, mm. letters, oh, it was hundreds. 
And in the end, I just said I might do it for a bit. Well, that's the thing, because um, I travel around the country a lot. I thought I might just leave them in the boot, and anytime I drive somebody's past somebody's house, I'll just post it in and save money on the on the stamps. Going down the street. Do you ever work up here? My way, up the posh Where is area. That again? Midlands. Oh yeah, I'm going to Northampton on Wednesday, and I'm going to North Wales and Anglesey on Friday for work. So that, that's not the Midlands. Well, Midlands. Northampton's not far off. Yeah. Um, and I was working in Birmingham like last week. Was it the week before I was in Birmingham? Um, Birmingham. So yeah, I'm, I'm around. I'm around. She's so strange. This is why I call her Doctor Strange. Honestly. Birmingham. She's she's the Sorceress Supreme. Mm. Darren, tell me. Sorry, Darren. How did Jake coming over to Skullmore happen? That's that's a scoop, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I'm I'm very lucky. I've known Jake ever since he entered the electrical industry as a young apprentice back at, at NIC, EIC. I was in charge of back then uh, an apprenticeship academy, which looked to support a number of contractors originally in and around Bedfordshire and Northamptonshire. And Jake was one of them 10 that we took on. We put them through their training out at Bedford College and uh, Jake was, was was one of the stars of that group. Are we keeping you up, Sam? Bro, I've been up since five o'clock, man. What do you want? <laughs> not used to this shit. <laughs> I'm just not used to it. I don't know what to tell you. I'm dying. Uh, so so I've known Jake for a while. I took him back on again and gave him a, a, another job at NIC and he, he absolutely hit the floor running there. So it was a bit of a no-brainer for me. When they said, look, you're going to need someone else to come and help you, it just seemed natural that if I, if I could talk to Jake and say, look, this is where we're going to go. Do you fancy a bit about it? And he, he said yes, and he came over. So I was very lucky to, to convince him to come and join me again. And with the country opening up, I hope that me and him can be busy doing what we've normally done, which is support shows and events across the country. It'd be nice to have another event again, because I've only ever done Alex once. That was yeah. that was when... Done it once, yeah. Yeah, that was back in the day, like when me and me and Rick first started the book podcast. I think we'd only done a couple of episodes, maybe five or six. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a minute since we've had a like an Alex or any sort of. Well, talking to the guys that that, that run them, Hamerville, uh, who look after it all, there is hope that at the end of the year there will sort of be be one. I think for the last four months of the year, they would like one to happen. So we're sort of talking September, October, November, December. They're hoping that there will be one a month dotted around the UK again. Where sort we of Coventry, I think it's the nearest one to us. I think Coventry is one of the big ones of the year. That's so a big Coventry, one. That's the one we went to. Sandown Park's another big one. I think they're going to get a new one out to North to South Wales, um, and then whether it's whether they go down to Exeter or whether they go up to Harrogate as well, up to to into Yorkshire there to, to see where they can go. They were, they used to have them uh, into Scotland as well, but the Scotland one sort of just tailed off a little bit. So hopefully they'll, they'll see what they, see what the, the want is and hopefully they'll, they'll try and get out and see as many as they can. And we'll be at them, no doubt. I'll tell you what, it's funny that you've mentioned this because we've got a bit of a, uh, so Hamerville produce pro electrician uh, magazine. Yeah. And there's someone in here that is a bit of a pro electrician. That made my ears perk up like a dog. I was like, what? Nerd. <laughs> nerd. Let's be fair, Kimmy. You were nerd with pro electrician. What's this? I don't know anything about this. Pro 
apparently I'm the only one that reads all the magazines. I even get my wholesalers to reserve me a copy, you know, and um, I keep. Yeah, and um, I keep all of my old magazines after I finish reading them because I absolutely love them. So I've got a whole big collection of all the professional electrician magazines. Absolutely loved it. I was going through them the other day, reading them again. And apparently no one else does that. And I posted a little Instagram poll. And out of all the people on- that answered, only one other person said, they read it. I can't believe it. I was so upset. I think more people should um, get into reading that magazine. You've heard it here, Hangerville. I'm, sh- I'm She's your number one fan yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> she needs some pro-elect merch, I think. Yeah, get her on the front cover. They're a good team over there. That Hamerville, they, they oh my god, good. that'd be like a dream. Yeah, don't want to make that happen. Go on, Darren. Yes, yeah, it. Go on, Darren. Do, do Richard, Richard, the ed- Richard, the editor, is a really nice guy, and I'm sure he would love to hear what you've got to tell him about his magazine. I, I love it. I've got no other words. I just big <laughs> fan, big fan. What did I tell you about Doctor Strange out here? i had a good uh weekend by the way i done my very first um in-person podcast can't tell you about it but i done my very first one so that might be a thing now i might be going around doing in-person podcasts the next james english joe rogan you name it i'm going to be the fat version out there going out doing it it's funny because I'm also doing that as well. It's a nice result. Yeah. Well, oh my good. god, me too. I'm also doing it as well on oh. Wednesday. I'm doing the. Seems like everyone's doing this. Amazing. Darren, are you doing it too? Uh, no. Just say yes. <laughs> Just say yes. <laughs> it's not for everyone, you know. <laughs> I've got um, a roofer coming on mine first, so it's not going to be an electrical podcast, but yeah. What? Why a roofer? What? Oh, he's the only one that was like, yeah, I'm willing to break all the lockdown rules and stuff. We can, you know. Well, i done mine correctly. We had COVID tests beforehand. Um, we socially distanced and we took all precautions. And I oh, did I'm it. just waiting until lockdown's over. So, so if you're socially distanced, you might as well do it at home and just edit the videos together to make it look like you were in the same. No, because you're allowed to do it. For, look, it's work. I'm a semi-professional podcaster. It's work. <laughs> <laughs> so I can own a pair of scissors as well. <laughs> um, that, Darren, why don't you wow us with, with a technical topic? I know I've mm. put you on the spot, mate, but let's have a, a bit of technical topic. Something that you fresh in your brain that you want to cover. I mean, I think the, the only thing that, uh, that is coming up a lot at the moment is um, just what testing needs to be done on a replacement of an accessory. So it, it's not that amazingly technical, but no. actually, actually delving into it and trying to find out exactly what is or isn't needed regarding requirements of BS7671. It's been, it's been, it's been digging around and do, do, do you need or don't you need? What test results do you need? And the bit that gets me is really depending on who you talk to. Is that for the minor work certificate? Is that what you're referring to? Well, but again, it's around just just simply taking a, a double socket off that no longer works, replacing it with a new double socket. It has to be a Skullmore double socket, obviously. You have to. Oh, I get, there we I, go. I, nice. I get a pound every time I mention it, guys. So you've got to give me that. <laughs> we should. So, so um, what, I, I, what testing needs doing, and what certification needs to be issued? None, surely. Um, 
well, for a replacement of a... Obviously, you put oh, in your uh, Martindale, Bosch, straight in. Make sure it's all, all all right. No, I mean, you can test it. You can do a ZS on it, but surely for a certificate of minor works, it's not a change of circuit. It's, it's an accessory. So, interesting you say that. Um, I used to work for this company. I've mentioned them before. Proper rubbish company. But if you even change the light bulb... Mm. They wanted to test it. Test yeah, same for most of the housing associations I work with. If you change a 28 watt lamp, take one out, put one in, you've got to give them a, a minor work certificate. It's it's crazy. So you're doing so many, literally, you're doing the ZS reading for changing a bathroom yep. lamp. Whoa. They want it, otherwise, they don't pay the invoice. This so do good. you know what most of the people do? I'll let you figure that one out. ZS, give me a number between 0 0.10 and 0 0.37. That's what 0. they do. 3. And that's when it becomes oh. tricky. Yep. Da -da 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 -da. Job so done. Darren, work certificate. Yeah. Surely. I mean, who's coming up with this? Well, we, we, we've had a number of requests from, from, from different people, really. And, and I think it is all to do with um, probably what you find in the minute is people are trying to upskill people. So they're seeing, do they need to go for the full extent of a, a qualified and competent electrician or can they upskill their existing workforce to be able to do replacement of accessories and the like? So they're coming to manufacturers because we're offering sorts of training now on just how much training do you or don't you need. We're talking through what well, this is, this is how you safely remove it. This is how you safely install one. But they're coming with a lot of knowledge anyway, or they're being told a lot of things. And they're saying, now, where do I do this, the, the testing? Do I need to go on a testing course to be able to do this? Uh, do I need to fill out a certificate? Does that mean I have to become registered with someone such as NIC, UIC, Alexa, or NAPIT? Do I need to go through that route? So it's about understanding of, of, and dispelling a lot of myths more than anything else to say, look, what you're doing clearly is maintenance. It is not installation work. Therefore, it is outside of the scope of BS 7671. So a lot of people say you must issue a minor work certificate. There's nothing to say that you must do it. And that's the word, the must. You don't need to do it. There is only a requirement perhaps for, for my old friend, Tony Cable, bless him. He used to call it Latin. So rectum protectum, to, just, just to yes. protect your own arse. I was going to say that. I was going to say it, arse covering. <laughs> Massively. Yeah, that's, so so I think it would be absolutely right. I mean, there, there is a little bit in health and safety legislation that you can prove that the installation is no less dangerous than what it was before you carried out the replacement. So a lot of you are identifying now, maybe polarity ZS before, polarity ZS after. You could record that on a job card. You could put it on an invoice. You could, as long as you're recording it somewhere where it can either be referenced later on or referred to later on. That's all it needs because it's maintenance work, not electrical installation work. So it's outside of BS 7671. So that's that's where the training hones itself down, really. But it's surprising, really. That's the one that comes to mind because so many people are coming to us with this desire to be able to replace accessories, but they're already coming with myths. I need to do a full test. I need to understand this. I need to understand that. And if the circuit isn't okay, that that mean I can't exchange the the broken accessory. So there's lots of myths that are out. Well, that's, that's an interesting subject. If the circuit is not okay, should you replace the the existing? Um, I'm so tired. The existing socket. <clears throat> so, per my point of view, even if it's not, if you've let's say you've got a smash socket or you've got a pin hanging out of socket, which I did the day. 
if you turn up to the job and you've made it safer by the time you've left, even if the circuit's not okay, but that accessory has then changed to something that's safer than before, then yeah, you've done your job. Yes, as electricians, we should fix the circuit or isolate it, but if someone's turning up and fixing something and making it better by the time they've left, then yeah, they're doing the right thing. Absolutely. I think one thing that we would always say is, again, that, that rectum protectum term comes out here. Do your job. Maybe make some notes of what readings you were getting before and after. But also on there, because effectively you are the person that understands the installation more than what the homeowner does or something like that. At that point there, you need to start documenting stuff and saying, look, I, I have done this. The installation is now considered safer. However, while I was there, I also noticed that you were getting higher voltage readings or lower voltage readings or a higher ZS than what's normally mm. anticipated. Document that because that's your only get out of jail card, really. And that's where you would hand it to them and say, look, you are the duty holder, the homeowner. It's your job now to get something done. I am notifying you in writing. Uh, there, there are calls to get the homeowner to also sign the document to say they understand for it. Chances are you're never going to get that, are you? Let's, let's be a realist. You can ask them to sign. Can you sign this to say you understand it? They're not going to do it. But at least you're doing something which is better than nothing. Yeah, I, mm. I think I think it, I think that's just um, quite savvy. If you come across a problem, you've got to let them know. You don't just go, oh, no harm, no foul. Um, you you've got to let them know um, and sort of advise them the best way possible. In the day, you can't force someone to do it, and you don't have like. Isn't there something about discharging of responsibility and what what covers you in that scenario? And I think if you if you was if you just gave them a bit of paper that said, "Listen," like a triplicate or something, and just said, "Listen, this is what's wrong with your circuit. This is me discharging my responsibility over to you." Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't think there's a problem with that. It is a tricky one because you're not effectively discharging your responsibility. You're making them aware, which it's not passing the buck. You are making them informed, so they now are someone who is informed. They have enough knowledge and understanding to be able to realise that it is dangerous. So you are providing them with that knowledge. So you, as the responsible person in that property, that as the knowledge, training, understanding, experience to understand there's something dangerous there. You've passed that on or enough of that information on so that they can make a very valid decision on what they do next. But as, as Nick quite rightly said there, as long as what you're doing makes it safer or no less dangerous, you're okay to carry on doing what you're doing. I wonder. Yeah, I think, I think I there's, wonder. There's, there's, there's a duty of care when I, I see and I try to instill this in Adam, there's a duty of care. If you can turn up to a job and make someone's life better and safer, you do it. Yeah. You don't just, you know, I mean, if it takes us another 10 minutes to just to tighten a few things up, you do it as part of your job for the safety of other people. So it's the stuff like that you miss out, which causes people to get injured or hurt. So yeah. I bet there's a few heads exploding right now. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could How imagine. dare you? How yeah. dare you? Yeah, like going nuts. <laughs> but it, listen, it's a, it's a conversation. Again, um, it, it all comes down to what is in scope of BS seven six seven one and what is out of it, and and that's the crux of the matter here. What about this then? Uh, kind of the same thing, um, but on a bigger scale. Who has heard of Hinkley Point C? It's um, a power station. Is that a rapper? Oh, no, a rapper. idiot! It's Give a power name. station. Um, and it's a new power station being built. Um, and 
they've brought in they've worked with a who is it who they down you know all about this i know you do you look like you're bursting to to tell the story it, well it was going to be it was going to be funded by chinese but chinese decided to pull all the money out of it so i think it's french company now that it is it. this was year this is years old that that news wasn't it i remember this on the news years ago it's now edf and they so when so i'll tell you the boring story hinkley Please. point hinkley point c part of a power station they're building it edf are the client um you've got balfour's you've got ng bailey's and all the big names on there and they come together and they said right part of this agreement we've got um we're going to put through 500 gold card apprentices through this project we commit to that anyway fast forward to to this year they've reneged on that and they brought out a new qualification and it's called the electrical site operative or in-store uh, operative, something like that. I, you're on about. I saw someone on fake, the Facebook forums yeah. when there's a guy so, protesting outside. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what they're, what they've bought in is a, like a quick training course on how to install, um, basket, tray, mm-hmm. trunking, ladder rack and pull yeah. the cables onto it. But there's also some tricky little bits of information within that document so they can pull cables anywhere from one five to two hundred. Do you know what I mean? So it's they're basically going to be doing the install. Well, the worry is you're going to have um, a load of people who've done a two week course to get this ticket to get onto this site, doing electricians' work, um, and then that will sort of seep out through the industry, and this course will become the mainstay of electrical installation within the sort of probably more commercial sector. Yeah, now, now um, when you were doing your qualifications, were you offered an a, uh, an MVQ2 and then a progress to an MVQ3, or did you suggest it was straight to MVQ level three? Straight to MVQ level three. Okay, right. Well, you're, you're probably... So, so in the mid-90s, when I was going through, you used to build up. You used to do the MVQ2. Uh, and then used to do the MVQ3. And all of a sudden, they removed the MVQ2 because it was all around containment. And they were getting a certain amount of people. Well, for instance, let's, let's take 100 people going through. 100 people go through, get to containment. Their employers would say, that's all I need them for. I'm not going to send them back for their MVQ level three. So all of a sudden, you would get almost an 80% dropout rate at that point. So the, the MVQ2 only lasted for a short period of time, only about two or three years and it was withdrawn by then net who owned the uh, qualification for electricians and still do in fact they are still still the bastions of the qualification that we all work to and check now, out but, mark's podcast um he's just done a podcast with yeah. a guy from net yeah yes yeah 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 he's looked at darren oates so darren oates is there yeah so so looking at those so they they own it they're the bastions of the qualification effectively and uh, and they only allowed you to go up to MVQ3. There wasn't the option to stop halfway up at, at level two. What this does, it reintroduces that level two, which allows people to just install containment and containment only without doing any electrical connections, any anything to do with accessories or switch gear, or anything like that. And there is an argument to say it's needed. However, I'm probably old school like you guys and say, no, 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 no. Hold on a minute. If you can do it, you can do it or you can't. I see. I'll play, I'll play devil's advocate here, um, and what I will say is, and oh, I'm going to get roasted for this. Um, is it inevitable? 
because when I first started doing um, containment, um, and probably when you, most certainly when you was doing containment, you would do a lot more custom sets, custom bends. Um, fabricate your own. Is what yeah, you'd be fabricating all your own stuff. Yeah. Um, all the bends and stuff would be fabricated. And there was a, an art to that, to do it neat, to do it correctly. Um, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. And you and you sort of learn that through your apprenticeship, to do it the right way. Usually an old boy would show you exactly how it's done. He'd do it first time just using his eye, not even a tape measure. Um, and now um, a lot of it is, is basically a big Meccano set. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything other than innovation over time so let's take um click boxes for instance so we all know what uh, like hager click boxes are or flex 7 lighting i don't know if skull will do an equivalent um well, our flow connectors are the uh, what we got the equivalent on yet yeah so you have a, a central box um that you take the power to um you plug the light switch into it and you plug all the lights into it set the box and then you can um, switch however you want. I've got something for you. It's all on prefabricated wiring systems, which is the route we're going down. So, so you will find that we are in the future. They're already house builders saying this, that the stuff that they're going to be producing is going to be on a production line. So they remove the risk of it being done on site. So sparks like us will be working in factories pulling in cables that have got plugs on the end of them, resistances and values already known, just plugging it into to one point and the other. And if I could put my hands on it, but my desk is that messy, I probably can't find it. But there is already standards out there on prefabricated wiring systems. They are going to become in more and more popular. See, and I've seen it. I've seen the progression just in my short time as a Sparks. I think I've been doing it for about 12 years now. I've seen it. I've seen the click boxes and the Flex Seven lighting come in, and although it's not new, the rate it's being used at is a lot more now. And when it comes to trunking and containment, I've done a job um, at some theatre in London, and basically you got the angle of the bend that you needed. The next day, they they would send an email. The next day, they'd turn up. And you'd, be, and you'd have all the angles you needed already already bent on a machine, properly done or stamped out, whatever you needed. And that that's an automated process now. So it's almost getting a spark to do it over, over the course of an hour or two, doing all the bends. It's, it's going to be a lost skill. But is it? Well, this, is the, this is the thing where it leads to it. it you, you, you're de-skilling electricians. You're de-skilling people in the trade. But equally, you are... But it's innovation time it is you're improving time and money on site with labor costs because these people aren't taking the mick and taking two hours to do a bend when you can just get a pre-made one you but think what the I'm cost is, between a, go on. yeah so the, my, my thing is whilst i don't really believe there's like a cabal sitting at the eca going we're going to de-skill the industry to fuck electricians I don't yeah. think that's a thing. What I think is, oh, look, uh, this process is becoming more automated. It, that's the way it's going, kind of. I don't know. I could 
be completely wrong and I'm only playing devil's advocate. Yeah, we had the same thing. When, when I was learning, I worked at Tesco on the checkouts years and years ago. I was there on the checkouts when one of the first um, machine ones was put in, the self-serve ones. And the older ladies were going ballistic, going, oh, they're going to take our jobs, they're going to do this. And I was like, I looked at my mates, I thought, that's pretty cool. Like, it's, it's the future sort of thing. Because it was, you know, I was what, 17 at the time, and it was like, a, oh, fair enough. If you don't want to get served by someone, you can't be asked a conversation like me. I put headphones on when I walk around the shop and I go and scan me and stuff doesn't bother me. It's not really taking people's jobs because you've still got people to man those like tills anyway. You know, jobs aren't being taken away from electricians because people are then being given the jobs to make the angles elsewhere in a factory. So it all spins in it, roundabouts, really. I think I think the landscape's changing, and what you can't do is you can't have a set of principles from thirty years ago. In present day, it doesn't work. In present day, doing business in present day against other companies who, you know, are embracing the change and embracing the the uh, the automation, if you like, or the prefabric, the prefabbed yeah. workflow method. Now, I don't think you can push back against it successfully this long. Obviously, I don't want my trade to be given over to people who do two-week courses. It's the same as the domestic installer route and stuff like that, where people have been pushing back for years. Um, I think it's inevitable. Yeah, well, it's going to happen. I think, I think you're right, it will. It, it is going to happen to some degree. Um, I think that it, it, it will be... It's not going to be everywhere, without a doubt. It's not going to be everywhere. It will need to be on them large sites that we see... For instance, there's never going to be any way that they can send them people then out to carry out maintenance on anything that that gets broken no. or you think needs replacing. They just wouldn't have these skills and ability. That doesn't mean they're not going to try, but they they just would get found out, wouldn't they? But to put in to put in a bit of from A to B to cut it to length to thread it and then put it up, they could probably manage that within an eight week training course. Wouldn't you just class them as, and it's no, no offence to anyone, wouldn't you just class them as electricians, labourers? Because they're just doing, you know, the stuff without the testing or the, the main qualifications. It's not like having a dig at people, but it's like you're just doing what you would get an electrician's mate to do this, and then you get the spark to come in after. The old, the, old, the old MVQ2 used to give you the right to be called an electrical installer. Oh, right. then so you were you were an electrical installer and you could then apply for but um but yeah it, it's it's it, 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 i think the titles need to be sorted out the trouble is uh, as soon as you can get everyone around the table to agree what the titles are the industry has moved on again and, yeah. and, we're, and we're looking at, at where, where we are then it's I like, like screwless terminals now everyone's using them aren't they yeah. you mentioned that five years ago everyone would have gone mad i'm not doing that i know i know how tight it needs to be whereas now we're just trusting the manufacturers aren't we yeah. The other thing is as well with um, with all this, there there is already the grade of electrician's mate or the ECS white card. With an yeah. ECS white card, you can pretty much walk onto a commercial site and end up doing an electrician's job if you are competent enough. So if you go on site and and the foreman sees that you know what you're doing, um, and you have a chat with him and you know, you talk the right talk, you can end up doing the fuse board. You can end up doing all the bits and pieces. You might have been in the game 20 years. Okay, you haven't had the formal education, but that already exists. 
that's not a thing. That's not something they bought in just now. But they're like the de-skilling already exists, if you like. I mean, I could take Nick on site, um, and he could work as an improver or an electrician's mate tomorrow. He probably knows more than me about how to wire a circuit. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. won't be as good at trunking as me, but. I'm just get it prefabbed, mate. No problem. Exactly, exactly. So I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> I mean, that we we um we constantly try for when you the, the the test of a an electrician that's coming out of their time or an apprentice coming out of their time, we chuck them back into that environment. You look at what the AM2 is all about. Can they still do the bending of the conduit, the fabrication? And is is that back in the AM2 now? Because I know all of the containment was taken out when I did it. It was. Adam showed, yeah. Adam showed me today. In, didn't they? They waxed yeah. a bit more, didn't they? So, so it, it was taken out, but then, quite rightly, I believe a lot of employers kicked off and said, "Hold on a minute, what happened to this?" So it's back in, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he. This what I was saying on the when he came in earlier, and he showed me he got to make this rig. I'm not sure if it's AM2. It's in his first year, but it was one of them. And obviously, those materials we've got in, the, in my unit anyway. And I said, "Oh, Sam, if you want to practice, mate, well, I'll time you because it's like seven hours long, something like that." Yeah, I the said, composite, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said, "Oh, just do it here, and I'll time you." And he says, "Yeah, but I've got to do it anyway." I said, "Yeah, have a practice." I'm not going to swear, but he just said, "But I'm not doing it twice." Oh, brilliant, that's <laughs> <Nice> Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Trying He's- to help out. Do you know, it's it, it, it's good that they brought it back. Um, it's an essential part of being an electrician is being able to do the containment. I think, I, think, I think you can do the one without, and I think there's the the the, the other one where you can choose to do is it. With the AM2S. That's it. Okay, there you go. See, well, already, why is there two different ones? Why well, do you just everyone do the same thing? If I was to do my AM2, I would not choose the one with the containment. I'm never planning to do that ever in my life. The only reason why I would do that is just to boast and brag about it. Honestly, I'm down for this automation thing. If I can just tell you the stuff, send it off, and it comes back, and I don't have to do it, I'm down. No offense, I just don't like conduit tray work, all of that stuff. I hated it. Hated That's it. true. I don't. I don't do it ever either. So I probably agree with you. Actually, I know. I remember domestic when you're doing wise, it, you don't. Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. I see it, and I'm like, yeah, it's I'll be not. Say, yeah. I'll be flexi conduit does so. I was so happy um, when I learned that you that containment was a thing when I was when I was a very first job on a site as an electrician. Because you're into that mechanics thing that you talked about. Was that mechatronics? Was that kit that you were talking about? Metatronics. Meccano. That's the one. No, I was just I was just excited. I was like, this is part of being an electrician. So I love doing all that. Um, but it's a, no, like, I've spoken about this before. It's a very easy trap to fall into when you're, oh, I'm only a containment electrician, and you can practice it for years and years, and then all of a sudden you get thrown on a job where you, you there is no containment. You're like, oh, I ain't wired this for like six years. You're out of practice, so I had to move away from that. And I've made a conscious effort over the last three or four years to really not do containment as much. Well, I got, I got, I mean. We've recently moved into it to a house, a doer upper, and the, the garage needs uh, needs a load of stuff, a bit of extension to a workshop on the back of it. And I got excited by the fact that I could put some trunking up and some metal conduit down to it. It's been a while since I've done it, but I got quite excited by it. So, um, what did so you yeah, say? Horses, horses for courses. <laughs> what did you just say? Did you say conduit? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> so yeah I, I put someone out i've got someone out on order yeah some galv they only do galv now what happened to black enamel i know right <laughs> they do stainless steel as well i found out the other day oh, i know yeah yeah, what? yeah. All, all for the swanky kitchens that everyone's having fitted nowadays isn't it uh okay yeah i feel like we have brought this uh full circle to a natural end um darren <laughs> I am very grateful to you tonight. You've brought some insightfulness that um, we would have missed, certainly without Mark. Um, so you have filled in fantastically for Mark um, in the only way you can. Obviously, let, Kim... Let him, let him say Skullmore one more time. You get another pound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah go I, on. Think, I, think, I think I broke five pound if I say Skullmore one more time. So here we go. There we go. So we've got, we've got with Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for, for inviting me. Um, although I know I, I appreciate I was way down on the list, but I really do like to enjoy a little bit of time with you guys. If there's ever the need, just mention it and I'll make myself available again. Why, thank, thank you. you, sir. Kimmy, final thoughts? Uh, let me rub my timepiece and get a bit more time in here. Um, thanks for watching, guys. And thanks for letting me, you know, be a come and fill this little square in, you know. Nick? Yeah, all right, bye. Monday Club, <laughs> we're out. Oh, <laughs>